I would tell you your biggest struggle is that you're not profitable more so than visibility to start. And I okay. want to kind of dig into that a little bit more. Okay, sure. Okay. So if your cost of goods are around 50%, your labor is about 25%, which leaves you yes. 25% for everything else. Yes. Okay. And are you included in your labor? I have not paid myself, which just kills me. Now I am retired. So okay, you're not really, a, you own a business. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I, I had retired from a corporate job and took this okay. on, but I haven't paid myself. And when I hear you say, oh, it's just a hobby. I'm like, okay, well, I'm killing myself at this hobby. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Snyder, and this is the Product Boss Podcast. I've helped launch and grow thousands of product-based businesses, even one of my own. And over the last 20 years, I've seen behind the scenes of businesses just like yours. Whether they are makers, manufacturers, artists, or food and beverage businesses, I have spent so many hours studying it all. I've discovered what makes them successful. What are mistakes they could avoid? How did they turn an idea into successful business? And what are strategies they have used to make more sales and be discovered by more customers? This is what this show is all about. Whether you're just starting out or you're looking to become a million dollar product boss, I'm here to give you the permission to chase your dreams, no matter how big or small. All you need is the right mindset, a little courage, strategy, and support, and you too can be the next million dollar product boss. Let's do this. You know it, we know it. Next year is creeping up really quick. And if you want to make business boom in 2024, you need tech that puts you in the pilot seat. The new HubSpot sales hub will help you close out the year strong and kickstart your success for 2024. Teams can collaborate on every inch of the customer journey and keep operations running smoothly with a comprehensive prospecting workspace and powerful sales analytics tools that keep data connected across teams. Speed up your workflows and navigate your platform with ease with the AI-powered conversational platform, ChatSpot, and use AI Assistant to write copy, generate emails, outline posts, and more. They'll help you whip up assets and execute tasks that used to take hours out of your workday. HubSpot Sales Hub lets you accelerate every facet of your sales operation with precision And with over 1,400 integrations, there are tons of ways to mix in new features. So finish out Q4 strong and gear up for the new year with HubSpot Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. We're back with another coaching session, and this one's a real treat. So Haley Rose is the owner of Harborside Bath & Body, and what makes it unique is that she doesn't make her own products. Instead, she sources products primarily from women-owned businesses to sell out of her small-town brick-and-mortar shop in northern Michigan. And after two and a half years, her business isn't yet profitable. She hasn't even paid herself. Well, we're going to fix that. Let's get into it. All right. I am so excited to have Haley Rose on the show today. We are going to dive deep into all things business and answer some like really burning questions for you. Cause I know in this episode and for you right now on this call, we want to talk about really increasing your revenue and getting you to be a profitable business. So Haley, welcome to the show and let our listeners know what do you sell and where is your business? Okay. I am located in my hometown in Northern Michigan, which has 
a large population of 2,700 people. <laughs> it borders <laughs> Lake Huron. So it's a very remote area. And I sell, I actually resell because I buy from women-owned businesses and then I resell organic skincare, natural bath and body products, lotions, hair products, all the good stuff, plus all the accessories like bath caddies and slippers and pajamas and all that stuff. Amazing. And your business is Harborside Bath and Body. So you are a retailer, which means you resell. So you don't have to give us exactly where you buy from, but do you go to markets, shows? Like where do you acquire the brands that you sell in your retail store? So I really just did my research and I started with products that I liked that were women-owned businesses. So Okay. And so in your town, because you have a brick and mortar, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So in your town, what is it, what's around where your store is? Like what, what are other shops or stores or what does the, the foot traffic look like? So the foot traffic is very dependent on the season. Since my hometown borders like Huron, it's very, we get a lot of tourists in the summer, especially also in the fall for fall color tours, pretty dead in the winter. We do have like a chocolate store and a clothing store and an art store. And that's probably about really the shopping in my hometown. Whether you're an online business or brick and mortar really matters. Online, your potential customer base is wide, but the challenge is being seen and discovered. When you've got a brick and mortar storefront, you're limited to the customers in your area, but you have the advantage of local word of mouth and foot traffic and being able to catch people's attention when they walk by. So it's important to focus on what the customer is going to find when they come in. What makes your store unique? Okay. I'm finding you over on Google because what I like about Google is you can actually see the street and you can see sort of what's going on and what the shop looks like and all the things. So in your town, if I were to come to town and I was, you know, on a vacation or whatever, what would someone say to me if they were referring me or telling me to go to your store? If, if they wanted something that didn't have chemicals, they wanted something for either skincare or maybe they're dealing with eczema or anything like that. And then we also kind of side note, have a huge selection of life is good t-shirts that are for, so a lot of people come in for the life is good t-shirts to get something that has Lake Huron or Roger city on the t-shirt, but then they end up buying a lot of other stuff. Okay. So the life is good stuff. Would that be tourists that were coming in? Like they were just happening yes. to walk around and, and they knew you had it, yes. not locals buying that? So we actually have a lot of locals buying it too, but probably the okay. biggest the biggest is really the tourists. Okay. So tourists are walking the streets, like foot traffic, or they happen yes. to drive to town and then, yeah. Okay. And then we have a huge marina there and okay. inside the marina, I have brochures in there with a map on how to get to me and all of that stuff. Okay. All right. So we've got a marina, we've got tourists, and we have your store's beautiful. So bath and body products, like comfy things. There's it looks like maybe you sell towels and robes, you said and pajamas are really big. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if, if we were to happen upon your store probably and I was just walking by, I'd be like, oh, let's go see. That's a really cute little local shop. Probably. Yep. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And we're walking around. Now, anywhere in the store, does it explain that it's all women-owned products? No, it doesn't. I have that. I'm actually working on that because we've just kind of crafted our core values and what we're trying to accomplish in the store. And then I'm going to get it printed out and have it kind of right on the wall when people walk in. 
Okay. Is Life is Good women-owned as well? No, it's not. So all no. the core lines, like the skincare, the bath and okay. body care, all the core lines okay. are women-owned. All right. So a couple things I just want to bring up with you just to, and I'm not telling you what to do in the way of like change your whole business structure or anything. Okay. So you just take everything <laughs> I say to you with like a grain of salt to start. But one thing when we have a mission for our businesses or something greater than I'm just going to come out with something. So a good example is Tom's Shoes. When Tom's Shoes came out, they were like, you buy one for yourself, we gift one. Now, right. it was a really cool concept. And I'm going to say it was a marketing concept as well as also a give back. Sometimes what happens is that you have to figure out if the reason we're doing something is a big enough deal to your actual customers. Right. Your store has been successful and you haven't even leaned into the women-owned right. products, right, that you supply. So there would be a question on if that is important or a value to your customers. Now, it could be, and it could be in the window. But when you're thinking about your messaging, if you're a store that's around supporting women and women-owned businesses, it would be really interesting to have you do more like women-type events. Like, So if that's going to be a core part of your mission, and I'm not saying women events for like, come in for Bath and Body, but do you have an author that comes in that speaks to women specifically? Are there, like, what are other issues that women have that they want to feel seen? Because you're trying to make other businesses be seen or be supported. Right. <laughs> so could that be the environment somewhat of your business as a secondary, but locals knowing that this is a, this is like a place they could call home the closest I can explain it is there's a store locally that is a very cute kid's store. I think they have a little bit of maternity, but it's baby type stuff. But it also has a secondary part to it that it supports mothers. So they have like different experts that come in and talk to moms. There's hypnobirthing like classes there. So there's stuff that it actually turns into a community spot where people are going oh, to, to make you feel a certain way. So I just okay. wanted to kind of find my way there as I talk to you about this because... I know it's a strong component for you, but right now it's not necessarily holding value in the business because your business is doing great. And I say great in terms of revenue that it's hitting. Yes, yes. But what else would be the reason someone would go there? So in my hometown, there's really not a great place to to get nice gifts. So that's kind of why people come to my store is the gift. Because what I've heard from a ton of customers is that they're so glad that I opened this store because they don't have to travel 40 to 50 miles to get a nice gift. So that's, I think I'm seeing more as the place to go when you have a gift. Okay. So that's also interesting to me because when we're, so I want you to just break down these words that you're starting to hear or think about, because while you've come out as, you know, it's Harborside Bath and Body, right? Yes. When you're thinking about buying your products, you may, if you are the gift store, then you probably want to think about the products you buy as giftable. So if people are considering you the gift store, then you may not want to buy, I think you have a section that's skincare. Do you sell face creams? Oh yeah. We sell the whole gamut. She's awesome. And do people buy those a lot? Yes, actually they do. She's not a well-known brand, but it's because she doesn't sell retail. She sells to spas. And so I'm okay. one of the first retail companies. Okay. So I would do like an 80, 20% on this where 80% is giftable, 20% is self-care. And you can yes. see if it expands or grows 
based on the need, but you have this very specific product. So it'd be really interesting if, for example, you invited her in to the store at some point and had her do demonstrations or you learned very specifically about that. And then you had a local esthetician come in and try and use it and they could do like 25 minute facials or something. Okay. Right. So we, so we did, yeah, I, I did try and have classes where I would do like teach you how to do manicures where I wasn't doing it, where I did have an esthetician come in and show them Mm -hmm. how to do manicures, show them how to do a basic skincare routine for people that were new to the routine. So she wasn't giving facials. She was just walking them through it. And then we also did a makeup one. But do people come? The ones that do come, very positive feedback. And I get a lot of great sales from it. But it's it's hit or miss on whether I get people to come. Okay. Okay. So I'm just saying, I guess where I'm really, where I really feel, and I know that, and I want you to actually look at your numbers when you're looking at your skincare, because what, where I was really going with this was that, People are looking at you as a gift shop versus a self-care shop. Right. So I'm just going to bring out the word Sephora, right? Sephora yes. is somewhere people go to buy stuff for themselves. Right. And actually, truthfully, if you think about Bath and Body Works, for example, people go there to buy gifts. Yes. If that makes yes. sense, right? Yes. More yes. so. And there's like certain parts that they'll have a small amount of self-care stuff, but one place has gone for gifts or buying like stocking stuffers. And then the other places for, I need to know, I need an eye cream. I need a new eyeshadow. I need something. So just as you approach your store in that way, when you're buying and spending your money on the products that are sitting on the shelves, you really want to think, would somebody buy this as a gift? How can I sell it as a gift? How is this the thing they need? Or it can be a self-care treat, but they're almost gifting themselves versus restocking on, I ran out of my eye cream. Right, right. Does does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. Yes. Does that resonate with how you feel like your store currently operates? It does. It's funny. I went to see my daughter yesterday and she and I had gone to the mall and I specifically went into Bath and Body to see how they were packaging their their stuff getting ready for Christmas. Because one thing I did last year is I did a hand lotion with a hand soap and marketed like, hey, great teacher gift, all of that stuff. And those were probably our best selling items during Christmas. So they gave me some ideas. Okay. (laughs) Okay, amazing. What we're doing here is trying to define a clear point of view for Haley's store. Sometimes as business owners, we go in with one vision in mind only to find out our customers are seeing something else. Then you're faced with a decision. Do you lean into how your customers already see you? Or do you make some massive changes to revamp that image? So that's just talking about the store and getting a good, you know, kind of base for for where you're at, because I think it's important to kind of have context. So going into your bigger (laughs) struggle. (laughs) Now, when I asked you what your biggest struggle was, you said visibility and getting online customers to convert to sales. But when we really dig into your numbers, you said that you've not been profitable since you've opened your store and you opened your store about two and a half years ago, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So I would tell you your biggest struggle is that you're not profitable more so than visibility to start. And I want to kind of dig into that a little bit more. Okay, sure. Okay. So if your cost of goods around 50%, your labor is about 25%, which leaves you 25% for everything else. Yes. Okay. And... Are you included in your labor? 
I have not paid myself, which just kills me. Now I am retired. So okay, you're not really, a, you own a business. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. So I, I had retired from a corporate job and took this okay. on, but I haven't paid myself. And when I hear you say, oh, it's just a hobby. I'm like, okay, well, I'm killing myself at this hobby. <laughs> You've got like so, a, like a multi six figure <laughs> hobby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this always gets me. Hobbies are great, but you're either trying to run a business or you're not. If you're not profitable, if you're not paying yourself, you're grinding away just for the fun of it. You can probably find some cheaper, less stressful ways to have fun. Am I right? I mean, probably anything that we choose. So if you want to run a business and you're here, so I know you do, then I want you to be a profitable, successful, and fulfilled business and business owner. And I know you can. It's hard sometimes. Like we put a lot in initially and it's hard to get it out on the back end unless we think about it and we build it in. So I want to dig into your 50% cost of goods because you are a retailer, which means you're buying wholesale. Yes. So are you overbuying? Why is it 50%? So I guess I'm looking at when I say 50%, I'm looking at when I buy a product, my price that I'm selling it at 50% of that price is what I paid for it. Okay. My retail price is just twice the wholesale price. Okay. Do you have a CPA or bookkeeper or fractional CFO? I just did this summer start hiring a somebody to do my books each month. So I had okay. an accountant that was doing it on a yearly basis, but now she's doing it on each month, which has been very enlightening to me to see how things are shaking out each month. Okay, good. So retailers, depending on what kind of company you buy from, there might be a suggested retail manufacturer price, right? Bigger yes. brands do this. I'm not telling any of the product bosses out there to do this necessarily, but bigger brands do it. But the goal for you is depending on, I would do research, look up the brands that you carry look up other online retailers and make sure that you're not less than them. Okay. Because what happens a lot of times is we open a store, we start something, we're like, yeah, we're supposed to double it. We buy it at a wholesale price, we double it and we retail it. But I know in apparel, our boutiques, our retailers wanted to 2.2 or 2.3 what they bought it for at wholesale. Okay. Because it was never a set times two. Sometimes you could have like a three times margin or like you can make 70%, right? So there's different margins. What I would do is I'd find bigger brands, bigger stores, bigger places like e-commerce that are established and see what they're selling it at and don't undercut yourself. Charge what people can sell it for. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Okay. Because I'd love to see your cost of goods become like closer to, if you, 50 is 50. If we can get closer to 40, any percentage any percentage, I'm going to say this again, that you can knock off of your expenses, perhaps you can pay yourself, right? 1% of whatever is a big deal. 1% pays rent. 1% pays you, which you deserve to get paid. You're not retired from this company. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. Yes. I'm very much in this one. (laughs) You are not sitting on a beach with a cocktail. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) So we're not retired. We need to get paid. We enjoy this, but then also get paid. So I want you to talk to your experts about your margins. Getting paid for running your business 
That doesn't feel like such a radical idea, does it? And there's more than just your pricing you can play with to make this happen. One of the core ways to scale your business is through hiring, but you've got to get your numbers right. Let's listen in on how that's working for Haley. And then one of the metrics that I had seen early on was to keep your labor to 25% or less. And and I'm right right there. I'm like 23.4 or something like that. So, Okay. Team, 25% is also what we're keeping at team. For example, okay. it might go over, it might go under. And sometimes we're in a stage of growth. Labor may cost more to okay. get us to that next stage. So right. for you, it may not be your labor internally, like within the store, because I know you really want to grow online. So it might be that you will spend more than 25% initially. Let's say we go up to 30% on adding new labor, whether they're contractors, whether they're agencies, whether it's a a virtual team member or an online team member. And then the goal though, for all of your employees, let's at least have everybody double the revenue. So if you pay someone who works in your store $20,000, then they should bring back $40,000 in sales for you, at least. So many people want to hire social media people right? (laughs) And so however much you're charging, like for you're paying for a social media manager or something like that, then their goal, like, let's say you pay them $2,000 a month, they should at least bring back $4,000 in revenue. They need to make back their costs plus drive sales. Everybody needs to have an ROI. Okay. Exactly. Even if somebody who's shipping your stuff has an ROI in the way that there's customer satisfaction. We don't have returns. We don't have customer service issues because they're shipping things correctly. So there should be an ROI on everybody that you hire. Okay. So that they never feel like a huge cost, but rather, you know, when you invest in the right team members, the the exciting part is like, oh my gosh, we'll be able to grow because you add team members to grow your business, not to take away from your business or be like a big cost. You know, everyone right. has a return. How many people work in your store? So we had five, but we we lost one. And because she's, she wants to spend more time with her family, which is yeah. understandable. And then we have another one that is leaving in about two weeks because she is moving downstate. She's the esthetician and she's mm, getting okay. a job. So. Okay. Is losing her going to affect the way you do business? It will affect some pieces of it because she is primarily the one that does a lot of the classes. Classes. And are you charging for classes? We do. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that'll be a thing to problem solve on, but you can also think about one thing that Lush Cosmetics, have you ever gone into a Lush store? Yes. Yes. Okay. So one thing that they do is they have all of their people working trained on the products. And they have those big silver bowls of water and they're like, Hey, can I help you? And then they're constantly like showing you how to use it. They're testing it on the skin. So if there is a training of sorts that you can run the remaining people through and have some sort of thing where they do, do you have a place right now that people can test the products? So we have testers on things. So like our lotions. For the bath and body or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, the soap. Not the soaps. No, I don't. Okay. Do the soaps sell well? The soaps sell really well. Okay. So you could consider during the holidays, let's say you want to sell a three pack of like the soap, a soap bundle or something like that. Like you can, you can 
cluster them together and say like buy two, get the third 50% off or free or whatever it is. You could think about ways or think, is there stuff that the esthetician did that I can train my team members in, in some way that they can bring that experience from the workshops into just the everyday customer experience? Okay. Okay. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Okay. Because if I come in and I'm telling you I have a problem, everybody in there is trained that they can come up and say, oh, we really love this. Take a look at this. It's Sephora is trained on it. Where else? Lush people. You know, there's like when you're at a store like that. So maybe it's thinking about some version of a training so that they can bring that same experience to the everyday customer. Okay. So we, we do have trainings on our products. So people understand which products, if somebody came in asking, say, you know, I have an issue with rosacea, what would you recommend? But one of the things that I have found is it's hard because they're not well paying jobs to get people that really want to do this. So I think having the right team is very, very important. And like the one that I lost, I felt like was definitely a hit to us because she knew everybody, she knew our products and all that stuff. So it's, it's finding that right mix of people for sure. This is a fundamental part of hiring that I don't see often enough. Yes, hiring employees can be scary, at least at first. And it may feel like there's a lot of risk. And I know it can feel like a lot of money to spend. And a lot of you feel scared because you feel like you maybe don't have that money to spend. But ultimately, you want to make the decision to hire when the people that you hire are going to make your business double the amount you're paying them. Okay. Hear that again. We should expect them to make at least double the amount you're paying them to drive revenue back to your business, right? That's an easy yes. For every dollar in, you get $2 out at least. It starts to feel easier to hire. So getting all of this figured out is how you make your business profitable and how we're going to get Haley to pay herself. Do you ever look at your profit and loss statement? Yes, every month. Okay, perfect. That's a perfect answer. (laughs) And you understand it. Yes, yes. Okay. There are lots of people who don't. People who don't have it and people who never look at it, right? Even if it's being created for them. So when you look at that, you're super aware, oh, my expenses were higher this month because I bought more product to be ready for Christmas, for example, right? right? Because some of your months, I'm sure, are higher in cost of goods because you're buying and some of them are not. Yeah. So just being aware of where you're spending, understanding it, understanding labor is great. And then I would dig into your team, your finance team, and talk to them about, hey, margin, I'd like, like maybe you go to them and say, I'd like to pay myself. How much, let's actually, let's put that out there. What would you like to take home a month right now? Well, what I'd like to take home, I mean, I would like right now to take home $10,000 a month, but that's not realistic, okay. you know. Okay, but 10 is a goal. Yeah. And then what would so, you, I mean, what are you thinking now? Yeah. So if I did something right now, I would say, if I could even get $1,000 a month, that would be great. Okay. Can you start to pay yourself $1,000 a month? You can. Okay. Okay. Can you? I think I you can. You think I can see? I, well, in this year I have had larger expenses, but I look at those as investment because I've done like- right you know, coaching. And then I've switched over to Shopify and I've bought new equipment and things like that. So I look at that as all investment. So I'm definitely more underwater this year than I have been the other years, but I, I feel like that will come back to me. Okay. 
So let me back this up a little for you. And this is something okay. my life coach Stacy did for me. So I'm not taking claim. What is something that you love that you would love to do once a month or something you want to treat yourself to? What's something like that? So I love to travel. I love spending time with my kids. I love I love spas. So, you know, I going for a facial would okay. be amazing. Let's, okay. Spa. Okay. What is a what is a facial gonna cost? Anywhere from two fifty to three fifty. Okay. So can you pay yourself to, let's just make it $300. We'll just okay. we'll find a, mid, a middle facial there. Okay. okay. <laughs> can you pull $300 from the business's profit for your work, Haley, that you have done with your okay. business? And then can you then go ahead and book yourself a $300 facial? And then when yes. you're laying there getting that facial, you think to yourself, over the last two and a half years, I've put in this work into this business and this business has helped me pay for this facial and I deserve okay. it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Does that feel better than $1,000 pulled out for you? Yes. Yes. That feels better than $1,000. Okay. So if you could start with the $300 facial, your why is that you retired from working corporate and maybe just maybe to start, this company can make enough profit for you to start taking care of yourself. So getting facials because you enjoy that. And yes. then maybe just maybe we make a little bit more money. And that company then puts a couple hundred dollars away a month into a travel fund. Okay. Okay. I like that idea. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just more to work towards because what yes. happens for us is that we'll just not pay ourselves. We'll pay everybody else before us and we'll go yes. on and on and on and on. But if you yes. have somewhere that you're like, now we've attached it to something that you care about or you want, right? because you can want for the, these things more than we want for ourselves to have money in our bank. Because I know as a mom and a woman, I'm like, well, it's just going to go towards bills. You know, it doesn't feel like it's anything for me. Right, right. Yeah, that so, feels good. So. Okay, perfect. So I'd like you to pull the money. I'd like you to book a facial. And what I'd love to happen is that this turns into maybe you go once a month and get a facial. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Good. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and do that. Yes, because that would be good. Take out know. the word "try." Yeah. Okay. I will do that. <laughs> I mean, it's it sounds wonderful to go do that at once a month. So, isn't it funny how psychology and mindset play such a huge role in the way we think about money? You can hear it in Haley's voice. She doesn't feel comfortable drawing even $1,000 a month from her business. But paying yourself is about more than just the money. It's sending a message to yourself that all of this work you're putting into it is worth something. And once you've convinced yourself of that, it only gets better from there. All right. So now we're getting paid in facials, which is much better than not getting paid in anything. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love it. All right. So we've been talking about you not being profitable, which if we can work on our margins a little bit, I think would be important. And I think looking at why you're not profitable with your CPA, where are all your costs going? Because you said the other 25% pays for rent, utilities, advertising, account and supplies. So there's some numbers in there that we're really going to have to work at because there's tons of retailers out there that buy product at wholesale and then resell it, and they are profitable. Right. So there's right. something in your numbers that's probably off. Okay. Okay. You know, I think probably some of it is, 
I think the advertising, because I do, I do donations to Mm. all the schools and fundraisers and things like that. And that gets hit in the advertising bucket because when I started looking at this, I'm like, holy cow, why is my advertising out the roof? And she was like, well, it's because all of your donations, the way taxes work, it's better for it to go into advertising. So that was really eye-opening for me to see just how much I was donating to the different schools and, you know, sports. I do anything for kids. So like sponsor teams okay. and things like that. So yeah, that's my, okay. all right. That, that's I love probably it. the we issue. Just, <laughs> we just pulled back another layer of this onion, right? <laughs> You're like, how do I get more social media followers? I was like, this is not what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. One, I love you. And I love that your heart is so big and full that you're going to give it away. This goes exactly back to the same concept of you would not pay yourself. Right. In, because every everyone else gets it. So do you know when you looked at that number, how much you've donated or given away? Do you know what the actual number is? So it's combined with all actual advertising. So okay. I, I don't... It's no, learning exact- consider- it's, we don't have to do quotes. It's, it's, okay, it's considered so, advertising, right? Because it's, okay. it's, it's awareness. <laughs> yes. So it's probably at least 10%. Excuse me? Okay. Don't get me wrong. I love how generous Haley is. But just 30 minutes ago, I had to convince her she could afford to pay herself just $300 a month. And here we find out she's donating 10% of her revenue to local programs and to the community. Again, I love it. I love that she is so generous and that those of us out there that want to build businesses to give back that we can. But my friends, business owners have to stop putting themselves last. If Harborside Bath and Body goes out of business, that 10% is going to shrink to zero. Zilch, none, right? So let's see if we can strike a better balance here, getting Haley's business to grow, which will allow her to be even more generous in the future. Okay. So <laughs> that's that thousand dollars a month you were looking for. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so I've seen this happen a lot. And the bigger you get, and especially when you're a local business, people are always going to be asking, knocking on doors and asking, hey, we have this event, we have this thing happening, whatever. And it feels very hard to say no. But what is going to be worse is if your business goes out of business, it's worse for the entire community than you're not donating. It would be. Okay. You are allowed to say no and you are allowed to have a budget. So you could have a budget per year. Let's say for your size business, I'm going to say a thousand dollar budget per year. And you decide either you look back at the historical part because advertising also needs to have a return on ad spend. It's called a ROAS. Okay. So if we're going to consider being a part of all these events, it's that same concept that we talked about in the beginning. What is the return on your ad spend? Are we getting data that it's working or not? Or is it just kind of like, it's what I do, you know? It's, yeah, it's, I don't think I get back the return that, I invest in the community. Because you're investing in the community. You're employing people. You're paying taxes, local, right? So all that's being invested. It's paying for schools. It's paying for all the things. 
So if you want to come up with a safe number for your business, because when we say you're not profitable, you're actually giving away your profits. That's actually, you could have been 10% profitable. But now if we look at it, we're like, we're just this one number. Right. We've given away 10, we've given away our profits. So we're actually either net zero or negative. Right. We've given it away. Okay. Yeah. So you can look at a number and say, well, I'm just going to throw $1,000 out there. Okay. We give $1,000 a year in things. You may decide that you already know where you want that to go, or you may decide not to offer anything this year. And if people come ask you, you can say yes or no, or you can say I have a budget of X, or you can say to people, we've already hit our, our donations quota for the year come approach us again next year kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So I just want you to think about that unless you want to talk about it more here. One, you've given away your profits. Two, you can say no. And (laughs) if you'd like to keep, give yourself a budget or an event that's really important to you with a budget, you can still do that. But knowing that we need you to be profitable to stay in business. Exactly. Okay. Yes. I think that is part of, part of my issue is because when I had this corporate job, giving back was a big part of it. And so I just keep doing it now, even though if I can't cover it, then I'll just move money, which is not good for the business, obviously, <laughs> you know, so, so I need to look at this as a business and not just the same thing. So this has been enlightening. So a light bulb has gone off. So. <laughs> I think because, you know, the only way we can give is if we have something to give from. Right. And that's like with our energy, right? That's with our money. So, of course, people give and sometimes they give. But the thing is, is if you have nothing to give from, then and you keep giving from nothing, it's not going to put you in a good place. But if you can, then make this company more profitable, make more money, your impact even in give back can eventually be bigger because it won't even hurt your bottom line. You'll have, maybe you'll have $10,000 aside every single year that you give away. So I want you to think bigger even to how you can give back if we can grow your business into something bigger that really can, if giving back is a big thing for you. And I want you to also remember you have a small town, 2,700 people. They know you exist at this point. Yes. I want you to be able to give back if that's important to you. It's great. But when you're a business, you have to make sure you're not giving away so much that you can't keep growing. In no time at all, Haley will be giving back so much more, all while running a profitable business and paying herself. All right. Any other numbers that are kind of sticking out to you that when you look at your P&L that kind of seem wonky? No, it's the advertising that looks the most uh, and I think last year I did overbuy at Christmas, mm. but it, it ended up selling not necessarily all at Christmas, but it did into the new year. So it was okay. And so now I've been looking back at my numbers and how much did I sell last year at this point. And then, so when I go back to buy, I buy, you know, 10, 15, 20% more and that's about it. So yeah, depending on how well a product sells. So do you know the lifespan of the product? Like how long you can actually have it? Yes. So it it depends. Like the body wash can be a year and a half. The um, skincare is usually nine months to a year. So. Okay. Perfect. So 
we know that we have more time and then you're more cautious. So I love that you looked at your numbers when it came to, okay, I bought too much. I had to move this inventory to turn it back into cash. You're looking at your inventory management. So going through this season, you're going to see, did you do a good job at it? Did you buy just enough? Right. Okay. So another place to find profit is your pricing, right? So we're going to also think about that. So you're going to dig back into the pricing and you're going to look at either if they have a suggested retail price or looking online, especially your best sellers and say, am I even priced correctly? If you're not, I want you to really consider moving your price up. This is where we're going to eat away at the deficit. And this is where we're going to find the profit. Okay. You know, okay. It's podcast recommendation time. And I am so excited to talk about one of my favorite shows right now, which is Imperfect Action, hosted by Steph Taylor. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Now, if you want marketing insights without the fluff, I'd love for you to tune in to this podcast. Now, there's an episode recently that I love, and it's called Stuck and Overthinking. Here's how to start taking imperfect action in your business. And this episode is a game changer. Steph unveils a four-step process to move past hurdles and just dive in. It's real, actionable advice from a marketing pro. So listen to Imperfect Action wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all product-based business owners that are making over $100,000 in their business. That's right. If you're making $100,000 to a million dollars, this is for you. Now, before I talk about this free masterclass that I'm so excited to bring you, I wanted to talk about the fact that did you know that only 12% of women-led businesses make it to $100,000 a year? And what's even crazier is that only 2% make it to a million dollars in revenue. All right, my friends, this is where we have to change these stats. So if you're at this level, you've shown you've got what it takes. But what got you here is not going to be the thing that gets you to that next level. And so it's time to learn some new tricks. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level, join our exclusive free masterclass, The Proven Path to a Profitable Million Dollar Business, and discover the secrets to breaking free from the being the bottleneck, assembling a capable team, and embracing your role as a CEO, who, by the way, takes vacations while the sales still roll in. So if your business is making more than $100,000 a year and you're ready to kick your business up a notch, secure your spot for December 5th at theproductboss.com slash level up. It's theproductboss.com slash level up. Let's make 2024 your breakthrough year. Haley mentioned earlier that she feels passionate about buying from women-owned businesses. And you know that that is part of my core mission of helping women-owned businesses grow. And I love that. But is she really leaning into it enough? Do her customers understand and appreciate that fact? There's this store when I was in Vegas that I ran into and it was very cool. And they had this like donut wall and they had things that looked like (laughs) waffles and cupcakes and everything was bright colored. And I was like, what is this? And I was with my kids. And so it was one of those things where you're like, you feel pulled to walk in. Okay. I need to go see what's happening in here. So turns out they're clean. The products are clean. They're made in the USA. They're vegan. They're ethically sourced. They're free of parabens. They have all the stuff that like I, as a consumer personally would be looking at because I use clean beauty now. That's just a big part. Is your stuff clean beauty or not? Yes, it is. It is. Okay. So that might be a really big 
thing to lean into, even okay. in the front messaging, like on okay. the window, on a, a fold out sign, right? Like we, we need to pull, we need to have a very strong point of view and we need to pull people in for a reason. And so products made by women or in support of women-owned businesses is fine, but it does not help the customer. Yes. It helps right. the businesses you're buying from, you know? Yes. It's not a strong enough point of view. Like it's going to make them feel better from sure shopping with you. They're going to feel good about it. They're going to, when making decisions on their values, it's going to align with their values. But what do they want? If they're looking for handmade, if they're looking for vegan or free of sulfates and parabens, then that is the stuff that they're going to come in for. Okay. Okay. That's very good. Okay. So when I found the store, now my daughter was like, in love, needed to buy all the things. They're not cheap at all. <laughs> at all. I spent a lot of money that I wasn't planning on spending, but I had to buy it for her, right? That's yes. the other side. It's like, how do you get somebody like, I have to buy it. So you can look up the store after, but like they also, they have a huge sink. They're constantly letting people try stuff. They're showing them how like soaps lather, how scrubs okay. feel, and you can wash it off letting people use it and then smell it. It just feels experiential. And then people are also walking around and they can pick their own bath bombs. And it just feels almost like this interesting mix between gifts, your like a market and yeah. a normal cosmetic store. Okay. Okay. So like for it. you, I want there to feel like an experience when someone comes in. And what do you want them to feel when they walk in? Do we always want to have you know, sage burning or like something that smells delicious or smells like a spa and they walk in and they automatically like breathe out and sigh, like, you know, and then do we want it to feel more spa-like in there? Do we want them to try things? Like, why do they come in and what are they going to feel like? Because if they're just walking in to walk around the shelves and look at the shelves and then walk out, you're not, you're not using the full potential of what you could do when you have a customer in your store. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I say all this because when you have a clear direction, then hiring team members, especially being a small, I've worked with, I have a client up in Alaska that there's like the kind of talent she needs for her business is just not in the neighborhood that she's in. So for you, when you start to have like this clear point of view, then people, we want to make it a place people want to work. Right. Right. You know, sure. You can say, I'll pay you X amount or whatever. But if it turns into a place that people say like, I love working here. It's so awesome. They love working with you. They love the feeling. They love the way that the customers interact. They they like the culture of the business. Then it is also going to be a little bit easier to get talent that you're looking for. Yep. Okay. Okay. It's all going to just kind of go back to this baseline of like the point of view of the business. And And I do feel like I've, I feel like I have had a hard time messaging because of it being retail, you know, when they say find your ideal customer and then niche down. Well, I have different customers because I have skincare customers and then I have some that really like the pajamas and robes and things like that. But I think if I really niche down on the clean beauty aspect of it, that's, that's probably, and I was focusing on the women owned business more so. So I think that's, I need to shift my messaging to that. And, or, I'll take it a little bit further because you said the pajamas and the robes or the bath and body. Yes. We can lump them both into the idea of self-care. Yes. Yes. Okay. So not wearing my old t-shirt as my pajamas. (laughs) 
and buying yes. myself PJs, which is yeah. when I hit 40, I was like, I think I need to start actually buying myself pajamas again. <laughs> so, it was a form of self-care, right? It was exactly. like, like it was, I would like to feel, look better and all that. So if you start to kind of move this over to like holistic self-care, like the place where women feel what when they walk in, yes, they're going to come for gifts. They're going to also come for gifting themselves. Yes. And you can still keep them both yes. as they're they the feel same customer. Welcome. And they know that they're going to be able to find whatever pampering products they want for themselves to be taken care of. Yes. And then the same feeling in essence is from the people who work in your store. They okay. are there to take care of them. They're okay. there to yes. be experts. They're there to, to pamper. And so how do you get your team members to perform better? You give them incentives. You yes. gamify it. You make it fun. You have a board in the back that has, you know, a whiteboard that's like, all right, we have a lot of Dirty Girl Farm products and we really need to move it. And I'm going to track who can be the first person to sell $1,000 worth of Dirty Girl products. And you can gamify it and they have a board and every time they sell it or they mark their names on it, right? And maybe that person gets a bonus or that person gets a spa day. People want acknowledgement. They want to be seen. Right. And the we're not putting them in competition together, but that you can gamify it. You can make something more fun and gamify something yes. with direction. Okay. Okay. That's very good. That's very good. So that's how we're also going to get your, your people to start selling more for you. Okay. And, and also be go-to place. Like they're going to do the essence of what you said, where people feel taken care of. Wow. Right there. We've just covered a lot of ground. We got clarity on the messaging that Haley wants to convey in her store. We niche down to a comprehensive category of products and ideal customers that make sense for her all without having to change her product offerings one bit. And in the process, we looked at how the same clarifying process can actually improve her employee situation. You may want to listen to that again because it is so powerful. So is there yes. anything you have a question of right now or, or something that's now come up for you that like, you'd love to get my, my brain on? Well, I would like your brain on. So I do have three micro influencers that I send products to every, you know, every quarter is pretty much what I do. And, and they do promote me on Instagram, but I don't really have, you know, if I'm looking at a return, which is what I've been trying to do. I don't really have a return from them yet. So should I be looking that my return is brand awareness or should I, because I've heard you should set up goals with them and I'm not exactly sure what kind of goals I need to set. So where or who are these micro influencers? Like where are they located? They are located in Michigan. Okay. Are they local that their followers will follow you? I've had some of them. Yes. Follow me. Okay. Uh, I mean, shop from you, actually, was really the word I was going okay, for. Okay, so, yeah, I haven't been hugely successful on getting converters on Instagram. I spend a ton of time on Instagram, but not a lot of converters from there. But what's the ROI? What was the goal with these micro-influencers? So when you say micro, how big are their followings? So I have one that has about 6,000, one that has about 2,000, and one that has about 70. So she's big. 70,000. Okay. Yes. And they are, they kind of do all 
beauty. But what are they pushing? Are they are they pushing go visit Harborside Bath and Body in this town? What are, what's their R? What do you want their ROI to be? Like, what do you want them to do for you? So, I saw the best one that I I really liked here just a couple of weeks ago, where she took my stuff and she's like, you know, if you have a commitment to shopping small, here's a great small business. You know, I've I've talked about the products that they sell because they've got so many products in one location, and they've they're I've got a website, and so it was really that was kind of what I wanted. So that. I want to take that messaging to the other, the other two as well and say, Hey, can we focus on this messaging? Kind of this all in one self care pampering place, um, one stop shop. But then my initial goal was to get my name out there and build awareness. But now I feel like, okay, I've done it enough where I should get sales from it. So I don't, I guess I don't know from a sale perspective, I should at least get what I'm giving them and products value plus something. Hold on. So we've been talking about influencers for a while now, but Healy hasn't really explained how this is supposed to pay off for her. It's not that she's trying to dodge the question. It's that she doesn't quite know herself. See, sometimes you hear all the advice online about how you really have to take advantage of micro-influencers. And I think this can be a good move, but you have to go into it with an intention first. So let's see if we can circle back to what the goal is for Haley, then adjust the strategy from there. Well, I think I'm still a little bit confused as to how it's going to help you. So you said the local, the closest towns are 40 miles away. Yes. Yes. So are these women within a 40 mile radius of you? And do they drive into your town and buy from you? They are not. No, no. And so their following may not be a local following. Their fault, they just have a following. Exactly. And I was hoping it would help boost my online sales. Okay. So if you want online sales, then it's anybody that anybody anywhere in the world, right, can right. promote right. you. They don't have to necessarily be local. So the the original influencer was like probably the biggest talk of the gossip in the town, right? Like <laughs> yes. We talk about pre-social media, we can think about where was influence created and it was created through word of mouth, right? So-and-so told so-and-so about how great this is. And there are people who message more than others. So if you just think about Tupperware and Tupperware parties back in the day, a woman would be like, she would host a Tupperware party and she would invite her friends and her friends would be like, oh, I trust her. I'm going to buy it. Right, right. So I'm not sure if the influencer realm in terms of the traditional social media influencer is important for you because the other side of this is like your website, you're not selling your own product. You're selling other people's products. Right, right. And that's what I was afraid of is that they were going straight to the vendor rather than to me. They could if they Google it, right? Yeah. Technically, yes, you could send it, but it's there again. If we go back to the vision, the like the point of view of your business, there there needs to be more as to why they would follow you and take your recommendations on self care routines, systems, use these things in this way. So, I would actually love for you to follow places like Blue Mercury, um, which is a different kind of cosmetic store, Sephora, other companies like that that are doing bigger that are retailers. Okay. Of products. 
and see what kind of content are they creating. Okay. Because where you're going to win on the online space and the online space is that people are going to, you're going to have enough traffic or you're going to drive enough traffic that if someone's looking up Dirty Girl Farm, your store comes up with their store. Okay, good. Okay. That's an SEO thing or that's an advertising thing. Okay. I just hired somebody to start working on the SEO for me. Okay. So hopefully I'll see some results on that. Is it a long-term contract? No, 90 days. Okay. Sure. You know, you're going to try and build your site, but what's going to happen is, again, because you're selling other people's products, the keywords, you're going to be competing with everyone else that sells that product. It might be backwards for you a little bit that either... Okay. People are either, you're either paying for ads against Dirty Girl Farm or for Dirty Girl Farm. Meaning if you're, let's just say your SEO person says, yeah, a lot of people search Dirty Girl Farms and that's like a really big brand. It's great that you carry it. Then it's like, how are you then discovered or found for being the store in that area that carries us that people are already looking for? So you, when you're buying someone else's brand, you're kind of also reliant on the marketing that they're doing outside of right, you. Right. Because the brands you carry are collateral and we seek out certain things. And if that place has it, we're going to buy it from there. Right. Right. If it's an unknown brand and you're carrying a lot of unknown brands, then they're not proven necessarily. And you have to educate the customer on that brand okay. because they're not already educated on it by the brand itself. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. So Google doesn't work the greatest, but actually, you know, what might work really well for you too is Yelp, like Yelp reviews. So my dentist does really well. Okay. How did we find our dentist when we moved to town? Well, he was a mailer, started as a mailer. So he mails and does a lot of mailers. It's a local business. Then when we're in there, they're very good. They get you in And then they say something like, you know, if you enjoyed this experience, we'll give you a free whitening, like a teeth whitening kit. If you leave us a Yelp review, just show us the Yelp review. Okay. There was this woman the other day I was in there. I did do a Yelp review for clean, for the whitening. And then there was a woman in there the other day with my cleaning and they were like, they couldn't believe she was still sitting there. And she was writing them like a a novel review, like (laughs) everything, right? She could just like, they're great. But she was so excited, but they asked for the review and then she gets something. And then he was so appreciative, the the dentist, that he was like, oh, I I owe you big time. Like maybe he'll give her an extra toothbrush. Who knows? So for you back into the culture, because you're a local business, the influence might be more local. And what are people looking at? They're looking at Yelp. They're looking at Google reviews or typing in, I need something, gift stores locally. And they're going to discover it and you'll be discovered. But then it's like, what are the reviews? So can you then, every time somebody comes in, hey, if you leave us a Yelp review and you're asking for it, you have a sign about it, we'll give you a free chapstick. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's easy to do. Or even a sample of the skincare or a bath bomb or something like that. That Yeah, I'd say bath bomb or chapstick or we'll give you, you know, leave us a Yelp review and you'll get a, you know, $5 off your first off this purchase and they can do it okay. once or something okay. and they have to show it to you. Yep. So and then they get their discount and they get their freebie and have them do it in the store. Hey, yeah, I'll, you can leave us a review right now. Just show me. And then you can pick a chapstick. Oh, cool. Okay. Hold on one sec. I'm going to leave you the review and then I'll go pick my chapstick. 
Okay. Excellent. Okay. So I'd rather you work on, cause that's going to cost you money, right? Giving away chapstick right. is going to cost you money, but it's cheaper than working with an influencer that doesn't have a return or what, again, exactly. I want you to look at what's the cheapest thing I can give away. If I'm going to give away part of my profits, right? that kind of thing. Okay. That's very helpful. Okay. So I would probably stop the micro influencer part of it all. Okay. Um, I think I want you to go back into market research and I want you to look at other types of bath and body retail shops that buy other people's stuff. Okay. And as you move into buying into your next seasons, you start to sell through stuff. I know you want to support women-owned businesses, but a question will be, are the brands you're buying in big enough demand to be building a business that you want to build? Okay. Okay. I think that's very fair. Yeah. So you're buying it because of, you know, the reasoning, but are they in demand to be the thing that people want to buy? Like Burt's Bees, remember when they started and then, oh, you carry Burt's Bees, right? Burt's Bees was doing all their marketing. Now you can find it in CVS and grocery stores, but like back then. So we have to think, and this is whether you're a product boss and you're manufacturing or making, or you're a retailer, it's a partnership, you know? Right, it's a partnership right. between you and Dirty Girl Farm, for example, or between that cosmetics brand. And it's a partnership. And their goal is that you reorder from them because you sell out. Right. So we want there to be some sort of partnership collaboration, some sort of like back and forth. Can they send you stuff? Do they have, you know, how can they support you? And then also if there is a need, want, or desire for the products you have. And it could be like you you could already have it. I'm just okay. bringing it up as a point. Okay. See, when we step back to look at Haley's business and what she's actually trying to accomplish, we realize that influencer marketing probably isn't the right fit for her at all. There are so many marketing methods out there and they can all work in the right context, but you have to think about what's going to work for your business. So when I look at your site, it's going to go back to even like your main image being a point of view, right? You, what the first thing I saw was Alina. And so it was just a woman with a face mask on and it said the name, but I have no idea who, what Alina is. Okay. I also have no idea what Northern nail polish is. Okay. So I say that because I, it might be something local that people do know about, but those brands don't mean anything to me. It's they're smaller companies, so they're probably yeah. not as well known. So then the main image needs to, again, be in service of your customer. Okay. So when I land on Harborside Bath and Body, how is what you offer me going to solve a problem for me? Okay. So your main images need to be more like dry skin routine or winter blues, use this oil or do you know what I'm saying? So you're curating for people and the solution to their problem is the products you sell but it's not going to be able to hang on the name of the brand. Okay. Okay. Very good. That's good info too. So Lush is not necessarily a good one to look at when it comes to this because they do like a lot of collaborations. But when you do go to their site, they have Christmas, Christmas advent calendar, snow fairy, secret Santa gifts, Christmas gifts for kids, stocking fillers. So they're giving me something that's going to solve a problem or something I want. I want an advent calendar and I want one from Lush or I need a secret Santa gift. So I should just buy them all from here. It's easy. Or I need stocking fillers. So 
when you think about your homepage image, that's where you're also going to up the conversion is you're actually solving problems for them. You're not selling the products as individuals, but you're solving a problem and then the products are the answer. Okay. Okay. So that's where I think from a site and from a conversion perspective, we want your website to be, what is the reason I go to this? The same reason I go to a drugstore because I know the drugstore has a solution to my problem. Okay. Yes. So why am I going to Harborside Bath and Body? Because you sell something that's going to be a solution to my problem. Okay. You can also look at nail polish companies and say like, well, how does a nail polish company solve a problem, right? They're nail polish. Right. Well, Olive and June, I've, they're a fantastic company. They've, they grew so big during the pandemic because of how genius they were with their marketing. But when I land on their page right now, they have an image that's like introducing the super stick Manny. So they sell press on nails. Okay. No glue, just tabs, press ons that stick and stay because people who are going to this do their nails and they care about their nails. But if you see, they're showing the image of it, but they're super stick press-ons that stick and stay. So that's actually solving a problem. Solving the problem. But more, more so if I scroll down, it just says ready for a perfect manicure. Okay. And then it just has all the colors of the nail polish they're trying to sell right now. So what's okay. the problem? What's the desire? They want a manicure. They want to do their nails. Okay. And the solution is, oh, look, they sell nail polish. What colors? Oh, I can pick a color and I can get this because my desire is to paint my nails. Okay. Perfect. Okay. They also have you scroll down. It says, great, Manny, start with healthy nails. Create your care regime. I love that for a lot of things that you do, right? Yes, great skin that's... starts with healthy bodies. You know, you can right. come up with stuff and then you're selling them the system, the, the yes. regimen, the whatever. Yep. Very helpful. Very helpful. Okay. And then the last part I want to answer for you is, so I think if you, I think if you touch up your website a little bit, I think okay. if we get Yelp reviews, you can also okay. take it further that when people are in your store, you can, you can give them something to shop online. Okay. Like an actual ticket. Like you can even make, you know, here's a code for 20% off or 10% off or 15% off shopping online. We can get it shipped to you like wherever you are. Okay. Oh, you're online? Yeah. 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 Here you go. Okay. I like that idea because I do have a QR code that they can scan right by the register that says, hey, we are online. But I like the idea of giving them a coupon code right when they're there. Yeah. The QR code, the hard part about that is they'll scan it and then they will forget. It'll yeah. disappear in their tabs. Like they'll go, they'll search something else and they, they'll never come back to it. Yeah. So... It could be on, it could be a card. And of course they can throw it away, but it's something they keep, like if it feels of value. Right. So when you give something away, you could do monthly little printout tickets or something that you're like, hey, you know, use this. They have to hold on to it. And you'll get next month, you can get the $20 gift card, but it's a promotional gift card, for example. Okay. Okay. Right? That they have like to spend over a hundred dollars and online and they get, it's a $20 gift card and it's, promotional. So okay. you can think through things like this. You can get their information. You can send them something in the mail, right? Like, and this is all going to cost money, but I'd rather this type of marketing and advertising cost money because it's going to have more of a return than us donating to schools. 
Yes. And it, that yes. sounds so, so horrible. No, I know what you're saying though. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, an even I better return than I, the influencers. So yes. Yes. And I say that because the whole goal is for you to become profitable. And the whole goal that you're saying to me is you want people to shop online with you. And so we have to transfer the in-person to online mm-hmm. and we can do it because they're there and also be growing your email list. So again, yes. they can earn points with you, things like that. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, so to recap for you then, like some of the stuff you're going to do is I, you're going to, you're going to look at your profitability, right? Yes. We're going to go over our profit and loss. We're going to look at our profitability and we're going to figure out, can I mark my prices up a little bit higher? How can I sell more? How can I have better margins? And also the idea of saving on where you're putting your money, making sure that things have a return on the right. investment. Right. Right. We've got team, which unfortunately you're losing this person. But if you can, if you have the capacity to educate in any sort of way on the products for them to treat and teach people in that way, or yes. you create some sort of gamification or something that you want them to sell yes. a product, yep, that will be really fun for them. And it'll be great for you because it's going to help you sell more. Yes. Okay. Okay. What else do you have on your list of things you're going to work on? So I'm going to have the Yelp reviews on that, you know, here you get a lip balm if you have the Yelp reviews. I also have to, since they're not big name brands on the website to kind of change it, you know, the create care routine. I think there's lots of things I can do with that. And the promos for $20 gift card if you spend this much money over this amount of time. Yeah. Okay. So piece it out. This is a lot to give you in late October when we're going into the busiest <laughs> time of year. So I want you to, you have all of this information, but I want you to pull it all the way back and say, what do I, what do I have to do now? Or what right. could I do now that's going to help me hit the goals I want to hit? Because you were saying you were behind where you were last year. I'd love us to get, even if we can, I'm going to go back to the thousand dollars, like a thousand dollars ahead of where we were last year. Okay, Anything perfect. for you to feel more motivated so let's find that number and okay. then work towards that number. And your goal will be then what parts of my business need to shift for me to hit that goal. So is it foot traffic? Okay, great. Let's get on the Yelp reviews. Okay. Right? Yes. Am I getting foot traffic? Am I having events? How do I get them to shop for me online? Yes. Okay, so and I also want to look at women events too, or just events in general at yeah. the store kind of build a certain yeah. community. Yeah. Another thing you can do though is again, are they doing self-care as much right now? I'm not sure. So it could be like a, let us help you shop for your gifts. You know, like it could okay. be a shopping event that they come in for, for gift wrapping event. Like there's things that you could bring local people in that solves a problem for them and they come in. Okay. And they shop. Okay. A VIP event, you invite the best customers. And they get a gift basket when they come in, right? Like, or they get a coupon, like, hey, come in and shop. You're going to have a $50 coupon for orders over $200. For if you shop $200 in the store, you'll save 50 bucks. I don't know. You just throw a number that you can afford. Okay. Yep. So we need foot traffic. We need people. We need customers to come back and buy. And we want to move some of them online and incentivize them to buy online. Right. The team part, you can go in and train them on just being more helpful if you want, or, Hey, you know, during the season, this is how I want us to feel and approach them and you pep talk them. 
but they may also just need to work on the return on selling stuff. Yes. Yeah. Incentivizing sales. Yes. I think the gamifying will be really fun to do that. Yeah. Because I do that for the customers on small business Saturday. Like I'll have a wheel of fortune and they can spend, you know, they spend more than $25 than they can do the wheel of fortune and they'll get like a lip balm or a bath bomb or something like that. I just need to. People love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So just keep thinking about all that. I think we already made you profitable <laughs> by finding 10%. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So we just, we just found 10% of your money in a treasure chest and, and I want you to treat yourself. So we're going to book that facial. Yes, we will get that facial booked. Okay, amazing. So would you mind letting our listeners know how they can shop from you online and how they can follow you? Okay, they can shop online at Harborside Bath and Body and is spelled out bathandbody.com. And I'm found on Instagram and Facebook at Harborside Bath and Body. Amazing. So friends, go shop. She's got some great products. You can also take a look at our awesome website because she's working on it and it's all going to be like product bossed up and then (laughs) follow her and then let her know that you're proud of her for putting herself out there and getting on this podcast and running a business and doing all the things because I think that community support is also going to be really important. Thank you so much for being on and I'm glad that this was helpful. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. I know that a lot of product bosses out there are running their businesses without seeing any money come back to them. You're passionate, you're creative, and you know you're making or selling something that people actually want. And I believe that anyone who chose the difficult path of entrepreneurship deserves to get some compensation for that. Don't you? I know you can do it. Just like with Haley, sometimes all it takes is a close look at where your money is going and making sure you're profitable get lean, and then start growing from there. Then you have to do the math around your new hires and make sure your team is bringing in more value than what you pay them. The same goes for marketing. If it doesn't pay off, don't do it. I don't want you throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. I want you to be strategic and intentional about how you grow your business. There were a ton of tips in this episode that anyone could apply to their business. So find what works for you. The important thing is to go out there and make it happen, product bosses. I'm rooting for you. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts, and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.